Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Alm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Hom. On this show, we interview badass real estate investor goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate space. And today's guest is certainly no exception. I'm super excited to have with us Davon Reeves. She's an expert in the hospitality industry. And we're going to talk about hospitality, which is a really it's an interesting asset class right now. It's what's going on with COVID and people not traveling as much. There's some struggles in that industry. There's also a lot of opportunity. Tony Robbins says that in times of most, the greatest pessimism is when you can make the most money. So when other people are running in the opposite direction, then there's opportunities galore. And we're going to explore with Devon about what's going on right now in her story and also what's happening in the industry today. So I'm super excited to have her. She's a hospitality industry professional with over 14 years of experience in hotel operations, asset management, hotel development, feasibility studies, and has managed hotel portfolios totaling over $1 billion, with a B, billion dollars in assets. In 2017, she founded the Vaughn Group, a consulting firm that specializes in premier hotel consulting cutting-edge market research, and innovative brand positioning. She added another accomplishment to her resume recently. She co-authored the book, Tidbits for the Emerging Pineapple Professional. I don't find out what that means, which is a guide for emerging hospitality professional. She's co-founded Epic Collective, a commercial real estate investment fund that specializes in hotels. She really knows this industry, and I'm super excited to have her with us. Welcome, Devon. Thank you so much, Monique. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. So tell me, how did you get involved in this? How did you get started in real estate investing and, and in hospitality? Well, you know, I actually got my start off in the hospitality industry as a front desk agent uh, while I was in college. Love the industry, love the perks of being in the industry, love being in operations. And probably about after six years in, um, even after I graduated from college, because I was a full-time college student and full-time front desk agent at the time. But about after six years in, I wanted to stay in the hospitality industry, but I wanted to do something different. So how I actually got into real estate investing, the hotel side or learning more about it, I took unpaid internship. And this is after graduation while I was a front desk agent. So I mean, excuse me, while I was in the front office. And so I was working in the morning at my internship. It was at a hotel development consulting firm. And then I was working at the hotel at night for three months. And I fell in love with it. I love the transactional side, the ownership side, the development side of it. And I left the operation side of the hospitality industry and I got into hotel investing that side. Incredible. So as I was sharing, you've done over $1 billion of transactions, which is awesome and incredible. Tell me more about what types of hotels, what types of things are you doing in the hospitality industry? 
Well, right now, my focus is education and educating new hotel owners. So the Vaughn Group, my consulting firm, I'm actually a pathway to hotel ownership expert. So I particularly work with first-time owners to help them uh, strategize, help them navigate, and to actually help them put their team together. That is my expertise. I've always been good at that. And that comes from selecting the right management company to operate your hotel, identifying the right brand for your particular hotel, if you want to do development, help you with your brand strategy. And as far as investment strategy, helping you with your portfolio, I do get a lot of clients who want to develop an independent boutique hotel. So I guide them through that process as far as just putting, I believe in having a solid A team because when you have a solid A team, some people call it a dream team, dream team, A team, as long as we get to the finish line and we get to the finish line, well, that's all that matters to me. So whatever you want to call it, but that is my goal. And that is what I focus on as far as for my clients and to make sure that they have the right team to get their hotel closed. And then I just don't stop there. So after I get you the keys to your hotel or after I get your hotel up and running after a development project, if you need assistance as far as putting systems in place and operating, because again, if I'm working with first-time hotel owners, they know nothing about the industry. They know that you check in and check out, but they don't know the nuances behind it, meaning the technology, meaning the accounting, meaning the reservation systems, meaning how to keep people in the hotel, and also thinking of it from an owner's perspective. From an owner, real estate, we care about the NOI. We care about what the numbers look like after debt service. So I'm here to, you know, to help the owners not only to understand what it looks like, but how the process and just to kind of guide them and educate them. A lot of the clients that I do have, they're real estate experts. They know real estate, they own real estate, but they're getting into the hotel side. So educating them on the real estate side, I don't have to worry about that too much because they get that. It's just more educating them on the hotel side. That's awesome. And you own hotels too yourself? I have been an investor when we sold the hotels, I sold my shares. So now it's time for me to get back in it because it is the right time to own hotels. And so I'm actively looking for projects, currently looking for limited or select services or even economy hotels. Okay, let's talk about that in terms of what is happening now. Tell us a little bit about the state of the hospitality industry in this COVID era. What is, because I know a lot of places in the hospitality sector are hurting, and you're telling me that there are certain places that are doing pretty well. Where are the places that are not doing so well, and where's the opportunity? Definitely the opportunity is, are the limited, and or definitely there's opportunities in limited select service and extended stay. Describe those for people who don't know what those mean. Absolutely. So I was just going to get into, so limited (laughs) and select service. Uh, for those who don't know, they are hotels that have limited or no food and beverage options. So I'm sure you probably heard of a Hampton Inn by Hilton, or you've heard of a Courtyard, or if you heard of a Holiday Inn Express. If you notice, what makes that hotel different from you staying at a Hyatt Regency or a Merritt Marquis or a Hilton, those type of properties, they have full service restaurants, meaning they service breakfast, lunch, and dinner. They have a spa. Some hotels have room service. Some hotels are kind of drifted away from it. But either way, it's an extra amenity. And yes. But limited or select service, they don't have that options. Those particular guests are more for families who maybe are cost conscious or business travelers who just want to go in and out and they don't really care about breakfast or depending on the area. And the reason why I like to focus in that sector, because 
I don't want to say that they're recession proof, but more than likely people are willing to stay at those type of hotels because of the cost. You know, the recession resistant. Exactly. So the first thing that typically kind of, as far as with your expenses, cut travel, unnecessary travel. And if your business traveler, you know, if your business cuts travel, you can't expense it. So therefore you don't really travel. So I also believe in diversification. So I don't like to focus on hotels that just focus on one particular segment, meaning that 80% of their business comes from groups. I particularly wouldn't want to invest in that. And I particularly wouldn't advise any of my clients to invest in those as their first time hotels. The reason why this is my prime example, during the economy or time such as this, groups are the first thing that kind of cancels because meeting planners are canceling the business and canceling the travel arrangements. And so those hotels, it was on their books for 80% of their hotels to be occupied by group business. And next thing you know, it was closed. So now they have to feel they're relying on that 20% to cover the rest of the business. It's kind of hard. And so not kind of hard. I mean, that's why a lot of hotels are struggling right now. So as far as my strategy and what I do and what I advise my clients to look at diversification as far as making sure that you have more transient, it's more of a mix. It's not just solely dependent on one particular type of guest. So yeah. for since I have a client who has a hotel that primarily caters to business traveler because it's in a business district. Well, right now that business district isn't doing well and they're hoping they, the occupancy rates are like 20% maybe. That's not sufficient enough to hold a hotel, especially when they're budgeted during this time that they were occupancy rates are going to be, I mean, their occupancy levels were going to be at a high. So then the things that you're looking for is a diversified clientele, lower priced hotels, so more budget hotels where people are more likely to be able to afford it. So whereas they might have gone to a nicer hotel when the purse strings get tighter, then they go to the down budget. So down budget ones with a variety of different travelers. So some business, some personal, but not groups. That's where the opportunities are, which you're mostly seeing. Yeah, especially for people who are just getting into it. I mean, now, Big box hotels, they perform really well when the economy is strong. They do extremely well, especially, you know, the hotels are, they have over 1,200 rooms and they have over 100,000 worth of meetings, you know, 100,000 square foot of meeting space because they're able to bring in many groups at the same time. And, you know, they're able to charge and so many different outlets and so many different amenities. So those hotels, they do perform well, but typically who own those hotels are larger private equity firms or REITs or even sovereign funds or even Fortune 500 companies who own those hotels. So as I mentioned before, that's why I recommend for you know novice investors or first-time investors to really focus on something that's more smaller and attainable so that way you can kind of understand how the hotel business works. And when you're working with first-time hotel owners, well, let me back up. Who do you find is most interested in having like a hotel? Why would somebody go, okay, I wanna have a hotel. Goddess, have you been sitting on the sidelines and you're now ready to get started investing in real estate? If so, join me for my free online training, how to get started in real estate investing as a busy professional woman. Go to tinyurl.com forward slash W-R-E-I-G to register for our complimentary training and to learn how to get investing in real estate like a goddess today. See you there. I know 
know, some of my clients have been people who actually own the building, like they own the space, the commercial space, and they just wanted to do something different. And they looked around their neighborhood and they looked around the market and the market is changing and they can put a hotel there. So I've gotten clients that way who actually own the space and they want to do something different. Or I've, I've had clients who, a lot of people who invested in multifamily, I noticed that they're transitioning into hotels or vice versa, the hotels, multifamily, making a, a switch. Sometimes people, they just want to own a hotel one day. And it just, like I did a masterclass the other day and it was a, a seven-year-old little girl who said that she wants to become a hotel owner. And even when I was younger, I wanted to become a hotel owner. I didn't know what that means. I didn't know what the process was. I didn't know the pathway to get there. It wasn't like a concrete pathway, but I'm starting to notice more and more people of color are starting to want to become hotel investors or hotel owners. And a lot of times people don't know that you can actually own a hotel. So I think a lot of times people, they didn't think that it was possible because they thought a lot of the brands actually owned the hotel. But to be quite honest, the brands like Merritt Hyatt or Hilton, uh, they own probably less than 2% of the hotels in their portfolio are actually owned by them a lot, are franchised out other companies. That's really cool. I know of three girlfriends that have hotels and all, a different one from like has a Hilton Curio Resort to one that has a hotel in Nashville, another one has a, a smallish hotel in Santa Cruz and all oh. are having various levels of success or challenge right now. We have to get you a hotel. Sounds like you're next. <laughs> I'm in the vicinity of hotels. I love my Airbnb that we have, I guess with the right systems. I'm more of a hands-off investor. I don't want to have to have a lot of property management that I have to deal with. You're more of so a passive investor. Okay. I got it. Well, I mean, I have property managers. It's like a pseudo passive, but yeah, I, I want, I like the passive side of <laughs> real estate investing. But I love traveling, so maybe a hotel is in my future. You can still do it as a passive investor. You don't have to be an active investor, meaning again. Yeah, if the systems are in place and it makes sense, then I would definitely be open to it. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. What was, I'll ask you if you're personal, personally, in terms of being a, an investor, what was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? My biggest mistake is not starting off sooner. My biggest mistake when, while I was in college, I had a lot of access to ownership, to hotel ownership, and to just ownership in general, but I didn't have the right mindset. And it wasn't like people in my family own homes. My grandmother owned homes. She owned two homes, no debt. And she was able to create generational wealth and, you know, leave it to us and everything. And, but at the time when I was younger, I didn't understand it. I didn't rap. Nobody explained it. I didn't have that drive for it that I do now, maybe because I have a son. So I want to create more of a legacy for him. So I guess my biggest challenge would be that I didn't start off sooner. Because if I would have started off 10 years ago, <laughs> oh goodness, had a little bit more hotels and multifamily, the conversation would be, my balance sheet would be a lot different today. How about that? Yeah. I only had started sooner. <laughs> well, they said the best time to invest in real estate like planting a tree. The best time was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. So exactly. That's why no excuse today. Yeah. Well, what are you most proud of? I'm most proud of, it's something a little different that I just started. It's called Next Generation of Lodging. And it's more of a network that I just started with a, a group of industry professionals, my fellow colleagues. 
and it's a more of a network for lodging professionals under the age of 40. And we created this because there's really nothing in the lodging industry for that particular age group. When I was under 30, I was chairwoman of the American Hotel Lodging Association under 30 Gateway. But then it was like, after you turn 30, I'm over 30. It's like nothing there for you. And so we created more of a group and we created a network. And since it was our thing or our brand, we were able to talk about difficult conversations that a lot of people probably wouldn't necessarily talk about in the industry. And one of them was, we did talk about diversity and the title of the webinar was inclusion. I mean, unicorn. And we were able just to share our stories that probably wouldn't have shared before as far as how we were discriminated against um, because we were a part of different brands. But now since we have our own brand, we could speak on it and people were able to share their stories. And what I'm so proud about is that we had the conversation right after uh, Mr. George Floyd was killed. Mm-hmm. And we were one of the first conversations. We were one of the first groups that had the conversation after his passing. And so we kind of basically set the stage and it opened for more groups. And we called some people out too, as far as to opening that dialogue and to open that conversation. So that is something that I'm very proud of. The second episode, we had two episodes. The second episode, it was hacked by white supremacists. Like they hacked our Zoom call. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy in the show. Nazi flag, I mean, it was crazy. And so, but they tried to harm us, but it did more good than harm because it opened a lot of people's eyes because they saw it for themselves. They were like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, the director of my school, my hospitality school was on and she saw, I mean, she just couldn't believe it. So it forced people to see something and proud that we were, I hate that it happened. Cause I mean, I hate it, you know, for yeah. the people who were on the call and I hate, you know, to watch it and the people had to see, it. I mean, it wasn't a good look, but it did more good than harm because we got a lot of support from a lot of people in the industry. The episode was re-aired on Long Live Lodging, which is an industry uh, media platform and the conversation was, and it was blogs and different discussions. And so right now I'm very proud of that. Uh, Now I can wear my hair natural. Uh, Before (laughs) when I first started off in the industry, I couldn't wear my hair natural. And so I'm very proud for being, I am proud to be black in the industry. I'm proud of educating more women to become hotel owners. That is a goal. I want to see more women. I want to see more women who look like me to become owners and to become asset managers and, you know, be decision makers. Love it. I'm proud of you too. (laughs) (laughs) To what do you attribute your success? I attribute myself, my success, not complaining. So I had this motto, if you want to complain, then you do something about it. So for example, you're complaining about the current climate of the country, then vote you want to do something so that's how I've always been so I'm like if I go to this event I'm like I don't like how it was done Devon you're a part of the organization be a leader on the board and make change and so I started doing that more and more and it just helped my career tremendously because by me being on different boards I was able to build a lot of personal and professional relationships which led me to get into the ownership side of hotels led me to talk about, form the group that I was just talking about, Next Generation and Lodging. You know, it just opened my mindset. And it all started off from just not complaining. Not complaining. Like, if you're going to complain and do something, and I'm not really big on like, oh, I got to be this, I got to be that. I'm just more of things have to get done. I'm more of an executioner. So I'm like, okay, things got to get done. And next thing you know, I've just been voted to be president. I'm like, I didn't ask, but you know. <laughs> 
And that's what just ended up happening because I wanted to see a change. And so I attributed a lot of that, you know, to my success, to having that personality, to having that go-getter and just want to lead and just want to make a change and want to make a difference. I love that. That's so great. Like, don't complain. Do something. <laughs> See something. Change it yourself. What advice do you have for a woman who's just starting out, wants to get into the hotel field? Educate yourself. And, you know, don't be afraid to ask questions. Really, the first thing is really educate yourself. Go to different organizations. There's so much, there's so much information on the internet now. I mean, you can literally Google how to become a hotel owner and all these different things come up. Be a part of different organizations, ask questions. When I was growing up, I was raised, I don't know if you were raised the same way, but you couldn't question adults. Like that was just a no-no. And I look at it now as it's kind of like a hindrance because as I was going through, moving up throughout my career, I was afraid to ask questions because that's how I was raised. And so it's okay to ask questions as long as it's appropriate and as long as clearing you're getting your point across. Because if you don't understand it or if you don't speak up, then how will anyone know? So my recommendation to young women, not even the hotel industry, but in just in just general business, just don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to be curious. Curiosity killed the cat, but that's all right. You can still be curious. <laughs> I was curious. I remember I was a front desk agent at the hotel I was at and I went directly to the CEO and I told him I was going to own a hotel. I had no idea anything about it, but I told him what I was going to do it. <laughs> and because I was curious. And that's one thing that didn't stop me, but I definitely wish I would ask more questions and ask more challenging questions. And don't be afraid of who you are. Like don't change who you are or compromise yourself to please others. You're unique. You have your own fingerprint. You have to be the best version of you. Nobody else can be you better than yourself. So don't compare yourself to anyone else. Don't, this person has more Instagram or has their balance sheet looks, but don't worry about theirs. Cause if while you're worrying about theirs, you could be focusing on yourself. That's my recommendation is to really, and that's something that I had to learn and it's helped me along the way. And it's made me more stronger and it makes me more confident. So I believe in confidence and speaking in your truth and it's okay to make mistakes. It is fine. The world will continue as you can see. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is okay. But as long as you learn from them, it's a difference yes. if you're making the same mistake. But as long as you learn from your mistakes, as long as you seek advice, have a good team, have a good support system around you. If you're the smartest person in your group, then you need to get another group. Fantastic. All right. Before we get into our famed end of show trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire, tell people how they can connect with you and find out more about what you do. Oh, absolutely. You can connect with me. Uh, My website is www.thevongroup.com. So T-H-E-V-O-N-N-E-G-R-U-P.com. Or you can just find me on Instagram, Devon Reeves. That's my handle. G-R-O-U-P.com or G-R-U-P.com? G-R-O-U-P.com. That's <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's real simple. Look, I'm complicating it. Okay. <laughs> I was like, is it like group with an umlaut? <laughs> it's like no, you no, no. G-R-O-U-P. Okay. I'm not used to spelling it out for folks. But yeah, so DevonGroup.com or you can find me on Instagram at Devon Reeves or LinkedIn. Devon Reeves on LinkedIn. It's probably the best All right. Fantastic. You all heard how you can reach her. Now it's time for our Trinity, which is the brag, the gratitude and desire. What is one thing you're celebrating right now? What's your brag? 
My brag is the launch of my new hotel ownership investing course. So you can find that on the website. So that is a brag. Well bragged. So for those who want to get into hotel investing and you're not sure which way to go and you just kind of want to learn, or if you're closer to the hotel ownership side, I even have a management course on how to help you find your management company. So I have a course on how do you select your asset manager or how do you understand asset management, which is very crucial. I also have an investment analysis for those who want to learn about underwriting and also have a course on, it's a school, hotel investing school, and the information is all on my website. All right. Well bragged. And what's one thing you're grateful for? I am grateful for my son. I love him so much. I mean, when I used to hear mom, this is pre-mom and I'm like, oh, my child changed my life. I'm like, really? <laughs> They're like, oh, my baby gives me purpose. And I'm like, really? What were you doing before? Now I get it. So, oh my gosh. He is like the, oh, I just love him so much. He's changed me. He's motivated me. Put the drive. He put that push, that kick that I needed. I thought I was something else before until he came. And so now I just have a whole different mindset. And he just makes me want to work harder by 300,000%. So, I mean, Mm. I just love him to death. So grateful. He's so healthy, so handsome. He's just a loving baby. Everybody loves him. I mean, he's just a good baby. Beautiful. And last but not least, what's one thing you desire? I desire abundance. I desire abundance for myself. I desire abundance for my friends and family, my son and generations to come. I just desire abundance. Abundance of love, abundance of wealth, abundance of everything. Well, so shall your desire be or so much better than you can imagine under grace and in perfect ways. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you. This was really, really wonderful. I super appreciate it. Y'all, you can connect with Devon at thevongroup.com and you can connect with me at reigoddesses.com and definitely join our community on Facebook, our sisterhood of women from all over the world and come to our virtual wealth to real estate event, which is happening September 18th through 20th. We are bringing in women from all over who are crushing it in real estate right now to share what they're doing in this economy to be successful, different asset classes, bringing in team members who you need on your team from the financial side, the other side. It's going to be fun, fabulous, and life-changing. So I invite you to join us there. You can find that information on our website, reigoddesses.com. And join, subscribe to the podcast and join us next week for another Real Estate Investor Goddess interview. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time.